with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm, the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. With me, my cohort, the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parson. Good evening. Hey, big doings this weekend for you guys, huh? Yeah, did you enjoy it? I did. I got up early to watch that. And, and of course, the internet is a buzz as it was. You know, it's so vicious. <laughs> the internet's got so vicious. You know, it's like, you know, it's supposed to be there to, you know, make people feel good. It's like nothing but. Yeah, it lets the it lets the, <laughs> the it lets the nutters chat, the chattering yeah. classes. You know, you got to Well, I was reading some of the comments as they were coming in, and it was yeah. like you're just making a noise. You just want to be, you know. Yeah. You're just saying anything to make a noise. You know what? Hey, what, the, what did you sorry. think of the gold coach? It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I heard it was told, uncomfortable, but beautiful. Yeah, it's older than your country. <laughs> yeah. 260 the, years old, that coach. Yeah, that's my age, huh? Just about. It's not the oldest hmm. thing that was used in the coronation. Uh, no, the stone. Was the stone there? The stone was beneath the throne. But no, yeah, that, was, wasn't huh? the, that wasn't the oldest thing used in the coronation. Yeah. Oh, before you get to, wait a minute, let me put this before we get back, back on this, because we're going to be way by it. And we were talking about the bitterness on the Internet. And one of the things that, like, really irritates the sh- crap out of me is uh, several comments about, he's not my king. It's like, oh, yeah. Bull, when yes. He, I mean, we get that. <laughs> we get that. We get that in our country. You know, our president's not my president. Well, look, no matter whether you hate the guy you didn't vote for him or whatever you live you live in the united states he's your president so get over it all right go ahead sorry i had that random no i agree me. i agree i mean these these whinging republicans can say what they like he is the king whether you like it or not i mean you live there right. like move out of the country then you can say it all you want i don't give a crap that's right i mean they can they can go and live in a republic somewhere quietly and get on with it yeah, and enjoy having it. enjoy having a new head of state every five minutes or have mm. some senile old man who can't remember his which auto cue to read yeah all right so we were talking about the oldest items and i get sidetracked yeah. i'm sorry i had to get that off my chest because it's been bugging the crap well, i don't blame you because mm. you know there was uh, i mean obviously i've never seen the coronation the last one was 70 mm. years ago that's not bad value for money. <laughs> i mean if you think about the amount of stuff that was reused and recycled and we only do it once every well yeah every few decades Mm -hmm. because the next one will probably be in about 20 years um it's not bad value for money is it no it it brings it a lot of money to the country too because us americans love that crap 
<laughs> well, I was going to, I was, we, was Go ahead. you were telling me the oldest thing and I, and I got, I, I sidetracked this. Yeah, no, I, I've got sidetracked now because I want to say, oh, okay. All, the, all these Republicans were arguing that it's a waste of money and that, you know, the coronation was just an extravagant. How many heads of state go to a presidential inauguration? Mm-hmm. Whereas, right. you, know, you didn't get ours. Well, we didn't get yours. Um, you you but, can't travel that far without falling uh, over. But he, could get, he got to Ireland a week, two weeks earlier. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was asleep was in Delaware. Anyway. Yeah. Actually, there's a, the reason uh, Biden didn't go had nothing at all to do with him being old or lazy or anti-British oh. or anything else. Oh. It's protocol. And it was protocol established by... Ooh, a previous U.S. president. Dwight Eisenhower didn't go to Elizabeth. Um, there is a protocol that says a sitting U.S. president will not attend, and it goes all the way back to George the ah, Third, um, or the invite that was given to George, to the American president when George the Fourth was inaugurated or coronated. Um, but there is some historical reason why a sitting U.S. president will send a representative but not come. Mm-hmm. So oh, you got me, baited, you got me, you got me wondering. Now. I wanted to know what the oldest thing was. I would thought, if anything, it would be the stone, okay. the Scottish stone. Okay, no, 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 no. Stone, stone's only a baby. Okay. Can you guess? No, I can't. Yes. That was, if that you was my the guess. service, you, you saw it very prominently. I did. You did. Well, let's run through some of the the royal. It's an item of royal regalia. So the Spurs, in fact, all of the royal regalia only really, with one exception, dates back to Charles II because Cromwell destroyed the first set. Oh yeah. When we, when, yeah, because we had to go at being a Republican, didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, lasted two or three years, and then we mm-hmm. got rid. Um, yeah. But but Cromwell destroyed all of the crown jewels except mm-hmm. for one item which is um which is the anointing spoon which is oh. that's still not the oldest item that was used though oh. but the the anointing spoon goes back to um it's about a thousand years old and mm-hmm. Jeez, imagine that it was uh, when cromwell broke up the royal uh, crown jewels the first time around uh, the spoon was sold to a London uh, jeweler, mm-hmm. he didn't break it up or melt it down, and he sold it or gave it back to Charles II. Um, so that's that's the second oldest item of the royal regalia. The oldest item, did you did you recall seeing the Bible? I did. Carried on a cushion. Yes. One thousand four hundred years old. Oh, God bless us. That's that goes back to the 6th century. 1,400. Can you imagine that, Steve? And it's still being used today. Wow. That's amazing. It's not bad, is it? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it, the history stuff is so cool. I mean, they had on, uh, uh, they had one of the commentators on the, uh, the American broadcast, and they, I think her name was India, who was, uh, Charles's cousin, second cousin or something. Right, yeah. Yeah, but it was cool because she had a dress that her, 
her mom or her grandmama? I forget. War at Elizabeth's yeah. thing. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. It's like, oh my god, the, the gold, the gold super tunica that Charles mm-hmm. put on after he went behind the screens and then came out again wearing this gold. Um, that goes back to well, that's old as well. Um, but his, um, there was lots of it. I mean, there was like, some goes back to George V, some goes back to Victoria, some goes Amazing. to Edward VII. All of it is recycled. Yeah. Um, you know, the uniforms, the the uniforms of what are commonly called the beef eaters or the yeomen mm-hmm. of the guard, um, some of those uniforms date back to Victorian times. Unbelievable. And use. All of the bearskin hats that the guards wear, you know, the big bearskin hats. Yeah. There's not one of them that's less than 50, 60 years old. Jeez, that's amazing. So, however, it was. How about some... that for recycling and reusing? I agree. That Charles is for that too. Um, there was some controversy, though, because I hear the Grim Don't... Reaper showed up for the coronation. Oh, yeah. That the internet lit up uh, in the later in the evening because apparently the Grim Reaper had been seen in a walking yes. behind um, the procession. Well, crossing behind the procession would be more accurate. Right. And eventually they hauled out a spokesman for Westminster Abbey, mm-hmm. which itself is getting on a bit. Yeah, it's got the old. Like- it's got the oldest. It's got the oldest door still functioning door in the world hmm. inside there um, but nevertheless it turned out it was a verger right just, and for those who don't know what a verger is steve you would do just one of the the janitors of the cathedral <laughs> somebody who helps out with the certain stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, uh, oh yeah he, i was i was reading it. it's like oh that was that wasn't a grim reaper it was uh, it was the ghost of Diana coming back to find Carmela because <laughs> she stole well, the crown. I mean, the palace did bring a surprise on everybody because everybody here in the UK had been um, under the impression that Camilla was going to be queen consort. No, her, uh, Charles's mother fixed that. And well, the, the palace had only announced it the evening before. And on the day of the coronation, they changed the website. She was still queen consort up until the point when she was anointed. Right. Um, and then she became a... But Charles's whole... mother started that whole thing. He wa- She wanted to make sure that, that she was... That's right. That I mean, it, it had been... But the, the assumption was, because the title was queen consort, mm-hmm. um, and that's the official title that she was given and used up until... The she was announcement anointed. the day before and the anointing yeah. when she became the full queen. Yeah. And um, I mean, her crown goes back a couple hundred years. That's Queen Alexandra's crown. Yeah. Cool stuff. Well, and, even, and, I mean, the chair goes back to, well, a very long way. That goes back to the Saxon era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the you know, of course, we, we have the uh, once again, uh, you know, the the interesting thing is about when you whenever you televise something or, or show video or something, you know, it, people light up. And of course, the the sword bearer became a big hit, uh, you know, I, almost as much as popular as Pippa's butt. 
Uh, but she was a, a, a really big hit. And, and I found that intriguing myself. I was impressed by her. If anybody didn't see it, she wore a, like a blue robes uh, with gold on it. Very simple, but uh, very nice. And she held the uh, sword uh, for the, uh, the anointing. That's right. But I mean, yeah. in real life, she's a politician. She's a member of the House of Commons and she's yeah. not well liked. But she, she came out. She did a good ceremony. job. She did a very good job, and she got mm. a very she got a lot of acc uh, deserved accolades for the mm. for her role in the in the um, coronation. But, I read she actually changed the costume because it was supposed to be black, but she wanted to update it with the approval well, of the king, of course. Well, I I, I I must admit I haven't read about that part of it, but they yeah. do. There are amendments made. I mean, there is this coronation was very different than. Um, Charles's mother, Queen Queen mm -hmm. Elizabeth, um, because although the ceremony that was the fortieth coronation that's been held in Westminster Abbey, although the the ceremony is historic and there are parts of it that have remained unchanged since uh, Saxon times, the each monarch will put their own twist on it, and some of those twists are then incorporated into future services. Like for example, there were no lords in ermine. At uh, Charles's coronation, yeah, he Whereas cleaned house in a lot of it. It was very simple in many respects. Mm. Um, you know, I've only ever seen film footage of Elizabeth's coronation because mm. I'm not old enough. Um, and in fact, what was quite sobering was that, I mean, this was said when Elizabeth died, mm -hmm. but but there are a generation of people who were born, lived worked retired and died knowing only one monarch that's true because Absolutely. she was on the throne for so long yeah but so for many of us here in the uk um you know unless you were 70 well late 70s old enough to remember childhood um you, you none of us had seen a coronation mm -hmm. we were all you know it was new to us because Queen Elizabeth was on the throne for so long. Now we're all we're all anticipating twenty years to the next one. Mm -hmm. But uh, Philip was the one that instigated this whole thing by by uh, fighting for cameras to be at uh, Elizabeth's coronation. That's right. That's right. Although I mean, whether he had or hadn't, that's why we've got footage of Elizabeth's. But I'm mm -hmm. fairly sure that in the modern era, Charles would have allowed the cameras in. But yes, did you notice there's one thing that they will never show on camera? Um, uh, me with the screens no the oh, anointing you. the that's anointing yeah um that's because that is a, a religious um anointing between the king and god mm -hmm. then that's always done privately yeah i, I found that interesting too that we screened off you know two, two people behind the screen all the oaths were were to to the people and to god the king's oaths they were all in that thing whether to to and serve the people and to the serve God. Church and yeah. yeah, because he is also he's not just the head of the head of the state, he's also head of the church in England. Mm -hmm. Head of the Protestant he, Church in England. And he allowed other religions in there as well. Uh they took and as he left the as he left Westminster Abbey, um, yeah. I'm I'm sure you noticed that he acknowledged them. Yeah. But we were all we were all, all waiting. Stuff. Well, you know, we were all waiting for the parade, and like all good royal events, it rained all the way through it. I know, isn't that sad? 
The flyover was reduced from what? Uh, yeah, uh, the flyover sixty to half a dozen. Yeah, from like yeah, it was supposed to like six or eight minutes to two and a half minutes or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sad. Yeah, but I mean, there was there was an American contingent marching. There was Canadians mm. that were. Um, there were all of the realms and all of the representatives of the Commonwealth, fifty-seven mm-hmm. nations of the Commonwealth. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting. I enjoy it because you know history. People like to poo-poo everything, but you know what's the chance you really get to see history and, and observe it in real time? And uh, well, well, as I said before, for us here in the UK, many, many, you know, the vast majority of the population here in the UK had never seen a coronation. Mm-hmm. Um, and last time they saw, you know, those that did see it, unless they were in the Abbey, would only have seen it in black and white mm-hmm. on small television screens. But there was, I mean, there were some moments where uh, on one of the television channels over here, um, they, they like to give balance. Mm-hmm. And so they had a commentator who caused quite a an uproar, and there has been a lot. Was of it Stephen Scott? No, no, no. <laughs> Just kidding, uh, Stephen. <laughs> Scots love love harmonics. <laughs> they lived yeah. there for half the year. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, they had this um, actress on, and she was an actress of color. And mm-hmm. she she made a rather rash comment. Making look alike? No, she said, "It's it's a terribly white balcony," mm-hmm. which went down very well here in the UK. And Ofcom mm-hmm. got um, a lot of complaints about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it, I don't know. I guess I mean, what people, did you think? People like what? to complain anyway. Well, I mean, what did you think? And it was pointed out that the royal family actually has a black American, uh, <laughs> mixed race children. Tolkien American, huh? <laughs> and did you like the strategically placed feather? I don't recall this, Steve. Oh, Princess Anne had, was wearing what her state uniform, a state mm-hmm. ceremonial uniform, and had a big. I have red a lot of respect for Ian, by the way. Yeah, well, she so so does everybody after what happened on uh, Saturday because she had this mm. huge red plume feather on her hat. Yeah, and Harry was directly behind her. <laughs> ah, so she they couldn't see Harry. <laughs> so nobody could see Harry because where nobody could see the ginger between the red fl- red feather. It just it just blotted him out. <laughs> He's oh, now back. I... He was now back safe in um, California before the end of the day. Yeah. Well, it was his son's birthday too, so I'll give him that. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Uh, I found uh, so many uh, intriguing things about it, and uh, you know, the updates were, were good. You know, he he uh, Charles uh, tried to get more people that deserve going to the coronation involved in it versus those who were just born into it. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. He, um, well, Elizabeth had eight thousand people in the Abbey. Charles had two thousand three hundred. Yeah, big difference. Big um, difference. And he didn't invite a lot of the great and the good. He invited the common man, the yeah. health workers, the community workers, the military, the people who serve the country. He gave them priority over everybody else. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like in, India, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, was in the coronator and her mother had gone to the, the coronation and Charles is her godfather. And she, she told a funny story. It's like uh, every day, every birthday, Christmas and so forth, she would get like a teacup or something. It's like, you know, for a little kid, it's like, what, 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 what am I got to, but uh, you know, now she's always, she has a, a complete set of, of, of this fine China. So there was a, a reason behind it, but she wasn't invited either, but she totally understood, uh, you know, yeah. that's, I mean, lots, lots of people who, you know, you would have expected mm -hmm. the great and the good, the lords and ladies weren't there. Is that what they call them, Steve, the great and the good? It's a term that's used commonly yeah, to describe, you know, our betters. Betters being what? You're well, aristocrat? The, the, the great, the, I mean, Lionel Richie was there. It was... Yeah. Um, he's, he's black, by the way, just in case you didn't know. Well, I'm sure we did. Um, but <laughs> well, that card here... Gr <laughs> <laughs> no, she was referring to the royal family and how oh, 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 terribly okay. white the royal family is. In fact, it's still making headlines now. Terribly oh, white, God. Coronation Balcony comment from Bridgerton Star, tops Ofcom complaints of the year, the most complained about comment on television. Why? What are, you, what are we supposed to do now? Just go out and marry colored people for the sake of marrying colored people? Well, uh, some of the responses were quite interesting because people put up pictures of the Saudi royal family and the Malaysian mm -hmm. royal family yeah, and yeah. the Brunei royal family and said, they're not terribly white. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just people like to complain. They like to cause controversy. They like to, you know, hate. Oh, well, like, yeah. The other thing that they're all complaining about now is the fact that they arrested um, I, during the procession, did you notice one of the horses had gone rogue? I did um, not. Ah, well, if wait, you, wait a minute, on the, uh, to the cathedral, away from the cathedral, on the way to the cathedral. Okay, I didn't catch all of the way to the cathedral. Ah, that was one of the horses. Like one five o'clock in the morning for me. So, <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the military horses um, in the lifeguards procession mm -hmm. with the coach. Um, was very, you know, it was it was sort of jumping about and crashing around and because people were throwing things at the horses. Oh, that's and the, terrible. And the police had got wind that they were handing out, uh, the Republican protesters, the Not My King lot, were handing out rape alarms and the intention being to let these things off to make a noise to make the horses rear up or jump around or bolt and so the police arrested everybody and now they're all complaining that they were all unfairly arrested yeah so nothing about public safety right like the hearts could you know if you can't control it and could hurt well somebody. i mean one of the one of the people that, that apparently was uh, throwing things at the horses was an animal, animal rights activist complaint <laughs> complaint and the complaint was that, that these these were, you know, animals that were forced into military service. Right. So you might as well hurt so them then, throw, right? So you throw things at them, yeah, because that's... that's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not <laughs> happened before. When, mm -hmm. um, when, when animal rights protesters, oh, this was back 30 years ago, 40 mm -hmm. years ago, uh, were protesting about mink farming here in the UK, they broke into a mink farm and released... 10,000 mink, farmed mink into the wild. Oh and they were, just, 
devastated the population of local animals and fish and yep yep, that that's how you do it yeah just ask australia about that how yep let's take some rabbits to australia that would be a good idea yeah I, when I was, I am a Gary environmental science, and one of the things we did study is ecology. And uh, I can't remember the exact incident, incident, but there was some island in the South Pacific where, where that happened. Uh, they introduced one thing for, like, say there were rats oh, there, or something. Yeah. And then then they it? said cats, and then that didn't work. So we, yeah, it was, yeah, what was it? I, I remember reading about that years ago as a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I read that back in the 70s, so it was a long and, time ago. Yeah, they, they tried to, I don't know what they were trying to get rid of, but it didn't work because they just made the problem worse and worse. And they and kept worse. introducing more species that... Uh, well, they, that's what happened with rabbits in Australia because there yeah, were no exactly. rabbits. Thought, yeah. We'll take rabbits to Australia because they'll be good for food and mm-hmm. and the local population of wildlife if, will we have a problem here now because they did it with the american gray squirrel they released the american gray squirrel into the wild in the uk they did they Why? did um can't remember somebody thought it was a good idea and oh, it decimated okay. the british red squirrel population mm-hmm. and so now people are actively trying to get rid of the american gray squirrel out of our population to mm-hmm. protect the red squirrel which is nearly extinct now that's that's racist so i will have to complain about that yeah probably you're getting rid of the american squirrel which is racist Not well it wouldn't squirrel. it wouldn't you know it wouldn't swear allegiance to the crown <laughs> i get it anyways we're coming up to the break and uh yeah right <laughs> Uh, I, I found that fascinating, and, and Westminster Abbey is a remarkable place too. And after the the break, when we come back, I want to talk about it because there's a history of ghost theories as well. There are, and, yeah. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that, that and, and more of the history of the Abbey. Uh, so it, now, is it an Abbey, Westminster Abbey, right? It's an Abbey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Westminster Cathedral is different. That's a different building entirely. Entirely. Okay. I just want to make sure I got it right before. You know us Americans, especially, we get screw everything up. Anyways, you'll listen to uh, Ghost Chronicles uh, International, Steve Parson and Ron Kolick. And, and I do want to apologize, too. We were supposed to have Dr. Karen Keith with us here tonight, but uh, he had a family emergency. So we will reschedule him, and he's promised to come back on again. So it'll be good to uh, catch up with him. I haven't spoken with him for years. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh International on Toji Net, uh, brought to you by our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. And uh, uh, you, you can become a member too and help support the show. And uh, you also get access to a lot of videos and things that are only our Patreon members uh, have access to. So you get to check that out. And also Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Thurwin, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street not the end of Massachusetts. And we'll be right back after the following messages. Radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event? 
book or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. First half of tonight's Two Hour Ghost Chronicles double header. This is the international edition, and you join us in a week when Britain has crowned its new king, first king for 70 years. Mm-hmm. Which has a changing, you have to change the anthem too, right? Gonna have, well, yeah, well, we we know all of that gets done on the succession. This is the coronation. The, okay. um, the two of them are separate. But things. you must be the only country in the world that changes its anthem, depending on what's going well, on. We only, right? change, we only change one word. It still changes it. Yeah. No other, no other country does it. No other country does what a lot of what we do, like ceremonial. Mm-hmm. Oh, nobody does what you do. That's why you guys are so amazing. So that's why Americans are so fascinated with you. I, well, I always wonder whether America regrets um, leaving the, <laughs> I was just thinking that <laughs> or, or or you know it could join the Commonwealth yeah how can we not I don't know I'd, I've never known why America won't join the Commonwealth or hasn't joined the Commonwealth I'm guessing there's a historical reason for it yeah there's still somebody's still pissed off about the revolution you know well, it's because you keep having Irish presidents <laughs> that could be too <laughs> But anyway, yeah, that's, that's anyway on to Westminster Abbey. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's got a long history, right? It's got an incredibly long history. The building itself, uh, the current building, um, the bits you see are only about nine hundred years old, eight nine hundred years old. That's all. Oh wow. Um, How old's the United States? Oh wait a minute, only a hundred. <laughs> the the there is parts of it are much older. Be you know the be, the because it was it was rebuilt uh, about eight or nine hundred years ago. The original mm-hmm. building goes back to Saxon times, and that's um, where that door I mentioned earlier is. There's a wooden door that's well in excess of twelve hundred years old. That's um, damn good wood, by the way. Yeah, it's very good wood. It's very hard wood, uh, as you can imagine. Mm. It's, um, you know, it's like kind of armor-plated wood now. Yeah. It's the original wooden door. 
um, and it's been in the same door frame doing the same thing for 1200 years. Wow. Considered to be the world or Europe's oldest surviving door still in still in situ. Still being used to, which is amazing. Yeah. Wow. But there are, you know, there are lots of uh, lots of monarchs and the great and the good buried in the Abbey. Queen Elizabeth I is there. Uh, her sister, Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, King Charles I is there. Many great poets. Uh, did, they, uh, did they did they uh, put the uh, parking lot king there? Uh, no, he's in Leicester Cathedral. Oh, okay. Although, you know, historically he should have. There was a big argument at the time when they dug up the remains of Richard III. Um, there was a bit of a, you know, whether York, because he was the Duke of York before he was the King of England, mm-hmm. um, whether York Minster would would be the, the burial place and or Leicester Cathedral, because he was found in Leicester and the Battle of Bosworth is in Leicestershire where he died, uh, or whether he should, in fact, go to Westminster Abbey um, because he was a fully anointed king of Britain and should have been given a full state funeral, which he wasn't given. So that, I mean, that's just reopening a bag of worms Hmm. between the Yorkists and the Lancastrians from from the War of the Roses because America always talks about its civil war. Britain has had four civil wars mm. and we tried being a republic as well for a couple of years yeah the biggest one i recall of course is the roundheads and the, yeah uh, that was the war that was the well it's called the civil war right. um, and that was between parliament and the crown because king charles the first um declared that he ruled by divine right of god and that he would only or would would basically not call upon parliament to do any in fact he dissolved parliament for 20 years mm. um and eventually parliament said enough of this and that's why we now have a constitutional monarchy where right. the the king or queen is head of state and although they have um, some rights and privileges if they ever exercise them the like for example the king or queen can declare war um, and they they've got the every law that has to be that is passed by Parliament has to be signed into law by the monarch. Yeah, the monarch would never actually go against Parliament. It's historically never happened because it would cause a constitutional crisis because Britain doesn't have uh, like America. We don't have a constitution or a Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Um our constitution doesn't exist in effect it it sort it doesn't, of it doesn't it come from the the magna carta or? um we've got bits of it from everywhere but we don't have a formal constitutional bill of rights like america oh, does. interesting um ours is set on precedent and there are there are some laws um, but we don't actually have a Bill of Rights or a Constitution like the USA has. Interesting. And of course, if you were born here, um, you can't be a citizen. You can because you're a subject. Because you're a subject of mm. His Majesty the King. Uh huh. 
so, so that, I mean, not, that wine, not my that wine, king is not my king is is a little. Uh, well, you know, that, I mean, that winds that winds the Republicans up because mm-hmm. you know they're not even you know, when they say, "I'm a citizen." Of, well, I mean, it says on 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 the passport, "citizen," mm-hmm. but it, it that's a modern term. Um, you know, we are we we you are not granted citizenship. Or you can be if you're a from a foreign country, you will be given citizenship. But if you were born here, then you don't have citizenship because you are a subject of the monarch. It's mm-hmm. a bit complicated, but we kind of, it's its kind of because of our history, we've never formally done anything. We've just cobbled it together from bits of Magna Carta, bits of precedent, Mm-hmm. Um, bits of well, they did it that way for a thousand years, so we'll keep doing it the same way for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of a, you know, we have we have some very weird and very antiquated laws and some very modern ones. And you get some ghosts in the Abbey as well. More than one. Most of the royal palaces have got their first year of ghosts, as you can imagine, and there were rep- rumours. Um, that King Charles was um, did a spot of ghost hunting uh, in his former years, mm-hmm. and um, there is a there was a talk on the subject, quite an interesting talk on the subject. A very interesting circuit was well taken um, to all over the world. Where where King Charles used to go a ghost hunting at Windsor Castle and was reputed to have seen, claimed to have seen, came face to face with the ghost of Henry VIII. Mm. So I, I was looking at this particular site, and they list three of the most prominent goals at the Abbey, and that is the, Grim the first one they list. <laughs> no, the ghost of John Bradshaw. Uh, Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. If you're sorry. Uh, known as a man who sentenced Charles I to death without granting uh, him any final words, John Bradshaw was an English judge who died spookily enough on Halloween, 1659. He originally was buried in Westminster Abbey uh, before his rotten body was dug up and put on display following the restoration of the Madoc. Yep. <laughs> Not just his, Crom- Cromwell um, famously was um, exhumed and then he was um, his remains were hang, hang drawn and quartered. Yeah, they put, um, actually they dug up a pope and actually put him on trial. Well, Tri- on trial after he was dead. Well, we didn't try Cromwell. He was declared a traitor by Charles right. II. Exactly, which has happened. So the old, what's the old yeah. saying? Good to be king. <laughs> Well, I'm, you know, I'm the king. I'm going to have you off with his head. Yeah. But it's already off. Well, off with it again. All right. So let me finish up this guy anyways. Uh, and it's uh, and it's from a small room that his ghost is regularly seen walking reportedly uh, every year on the anniversary of the king's execution, January 30th. Uh, but... Maybe, just maybe, old Johnny B might have decided to make a special appearance for the new king uh, this weekend. So there's somebody says they might have saw him. Mm. Uh, carrying the scythe. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's another one. Uh, you have Father Benedictus? Uh, familiar with him? Nope. Hmm. Is this a, this is a, well, this is well, a, I, I mean, you know, I mean, you're asking the wrong person because I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm not current. I, I don't tend to read a lot of the gazetteers and of course the Westminster. Yeah. Well, this is a, this a reputable site, uh, Steve. This is the star. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like the British version of the National Enquirer. Holding yeah. it up. <laughs> but um now, my philosophy, I mean, I'm, I, I investigate people's experiences, but we yeah. have so many ghosts over here that, you know, someone like Dylan, our friend Dylan, who mm-hmm. has devoted his time to... He's in America now, right? He's well on his way. Uh, yeah. I believe I believe at the moment he's down in Mexico. Oh, OK. Well, maybe he's going to... Uh... You know, I think he's finish. planning to. I think he now. I think he's planning to um, migrate Cross across the border. The border. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and then get there a then get a bus up to uh, Georgia. Oh, there you go. And be granted asylum, yeah. asylum and residency and yeah. everything. Asylum from but, the tyranny, tyranny because he's yeah. Charles is not his king. That's right. <laughs> Although, as an ex police officer, he would have had to have said. Um, Swore, swore allegiance, yeah. Swore an oath of allegiance, yeah. Yeah. yeah, as I did. Okay, so let me tell you about Father Benedictus. Yeah, because he, he must predate Henry VIII. Well, let's see. Uh, Father Benedictus was a murder victim who turned tour guide. Oh, hmm. perhaps the most active ghost in Westminster Abbey uh, is that of Father Benedictus. Uh, Benedictus was a 16th century holy man uh, believed to be killed inside the Abbey during the tragic robbery gone wrong. They robbed the Abbey? Well, we'll rob anything here in the UK. Yeah, that's true. Okay. It's not tied but, down. We're having it. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit like, you know, at times it feels a bit like living in Portland. Okay. The monk has been known to uh, accidentally take tourists on a guided walk through the cloisters before disappearing into thin air uh, walking through walls in front of disbelieving eyes. Two such events occurred in 1900 and 1932. The tourists who were allegedly encountered the ghosts in 1900 described him as a well-mannered, charming man with a striking personality who spoke to them for 20 minutes and then vanished. In 1932, two Americans, you got to believe them, uh, two American tourists trying to uh, speed speed round the Abbey in uh, the final hours before it, uh, the closing uh, ran into uh, Benedictus, uh, who showed them the ex- second exit out. There you go. The weird thing about that is Benedictus mm-hmm. being 16th century, that's 1500 and something, so pre-Reformation. I hate that. Would have... He would have spoke a very different type of English. Uh, maybe he's learning, you know. So let, let, let's address that in, in two, two particular. Because for 20 minutes, somebody must have thought he's speaking somewhat strangely. So that so let's take a, address that for a second since you brought it up. Um, 
can ghosts only speak? I mean, for instance, you, you look at the EVPs of, of the, the early researches, they had uh, all different languages, right? Yeah, the the uh, the the uh, Jurgens and Ravdeva EVPs were characteristically called polyglot because they different words were in different languages. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, according to EVP, dog can dogs can speak because there are EVP recordings of dogs speaking English or yeah, the ghost amazing. of a dog speaking English. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say lions talk, so there you go. But if you look at the vertical plane case, where mm-hmm. the uh, the man from Tudor, England, mm-hmm. was reputedly um, communicating via a computer, this was in yeah. the in the nineteen eighties. So the computer wasn't obviously connected to the internet because the internet didn't exist. Until mm-hmm. um, Al Gore invented it. Nevertheless. <laughs> This Tudor gentleman was communicating by writing messages on the screen of a computer. Hmm. And one of the claims of the language that was used is that it was correct for Tudor English language. There were the, some scholars said that the language use, usage was incorrect and others have argued, other scholars have argued that actually it is correct, but they were using correct um pronunciation and and language from the 16th century in that case. So the ghost in the vertical plane, the communicating uh, electronic typing ghost of the vertical plane was using Tudor English, whereas Father Benedictus can happily uh, communicate for 20 minutes or more Mm -hmm. in clear presumably modern 1930s English. Yeah, to Americans. Well, that's the interesting thing, because what I was then going to add was possibly Americans may have perceived that to be good English because a lot of American words that we're now re-importing from America, such as sidewalk, fall, and others, are actually old English words that the Americans never changed, whereas Hmm. we did. We, we adopted more European words like autumn and pavement. Mm. Um, so perhaps Americans wouldn't necessarily have spotted it. Hmm. So what's the, what's the thoughts of being able to speak to a ghost for 20 minutes? Is, oh. Do you know any cases that, where that has occurred? Well, I mean, there was the vertical plane that went on for several months. Yeah, okay, other than the vertical plane. Um, but there was no speech in the vertical plane that was just right. written. That was written. Exactly. That's, that was the point. I don't know off the top of my head uh, cases mm. where a ghost has communicated for that length of time, or held a conversation, but there are definitely um, cases where there has been an interactive conversation, but of much shorter duration, perhaps two or three sentences, a short exchange um, between a living person and someone who was later fa- uh, discovered to be dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the that's the person, key there is, is that when you're you're interacting with them, you you believe that they're alive. Well, in the cases that I'm aware of, like Montrose mm-hmm. um, and uh, oh, I can't remember that. it's gone. But 
in both cases, this uh, one was an airline pilot. Uh, it took mm-hmm. place at, I think, Aberdeen Airport. Um, the living person was not aware at the time that the deceased was deceased. So it comes under the sort of crisis apparition um, category. But in both cases, they had a relatively short conversation. Well, is it is it possible that it even goes under the category of a time slip? But it, it, well, it, that's the, that's, it, that's something that you know we we've argued before, uh, and Dr. Winsper and Winsper uh, and I have discussed before because how do you know that it's not a time slip? How do you know that you know? And in both, and in which direction is the time slipping anyway? Has the exactly. person slipped forward? Have you slipped backwards? Um, has there been something else happening? There are so many similarities between a haunt and a time slip in terms of the experience that it would be very difficult to label an event as one or the other. And we, we always think of time slips as, 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 you know, we go to another period. But is it possible for a time slip to be uh, almost in the same period, in other words, or slightly ahead of it? Well, there are forward time slips as well on record. Mm-hmm. We, we, when we were investigating the Liverpool Bold Street time slips, um, the majority of which, in fact, almost all of the ones that took place in the city centre of Liverpool were backwards time slips. Um, the different periods of time from the 1960s, 50s, you know, and further back. But there were other peripheral time slips as well. There was one that came in from the town of Runcorn which is about 12 miles from Liverpool. And this was of a gentleman reporting what was, uh, could only be interpreted as a forward time slip because he, uh, the bridge, the Runcorn Bridge he was crossing at the time oversees the approach to Liverpool's main airport. And the gentleman had a minor interest in aeroplanes and he looked across towards the, the airport and he could see all the runways lit up. And he did this night after night on his way home from work. And on this particular occasion, he glanced across at the the runway lighting and all of the, you know what Logan looks like from a distance. Right, exactly. Um, you know, there are all these. And he what he said was he didn't see the airport. He saw a futuristic looking spaceport. So that clearly really? is a backwards time slip. Hmm. I know there's a famous case in um, the Bermuda Triangle of a, a woman pilot who, who flies over an island and it's supposed to be an airstrip on it and the, the island is totally undeveloped. And, you uh-huh. know, it is um, the island. But yeah. There was a notable RAF officer um, who in 1938 was over flying uh, an airfield in Scotland at Montrose. if I remember the details correctly. And when he landed uh, back at his home airfield, he reported seeing lines of, um, he had expected to see lines of yellow painted trainer aircraft, but he reported lines of camouflaged um, aircraft. Oh. Uh, Now, that was true. 18 months later, 
he described the airfield as it would look in 18 months time after Britain had entered the Second World War. Wow. So there's another example of a forward time slip. That's amazing stuff, isn't it, Steve? So, I mean, this is what, I mean, you know, Anne is currently, uh, she has a Facebook page called, uh, I think you'd have to search for it, it's Time Slips. Oh, I'll have um, to, uh, I'll message and her and get it and post it for us. Well, she's coming on the show in a few weeks, so we can we can get her to um, okay. give, us, give us the details. And also, to, we can talk more about Time Slips because it's something that she's particularly fascinated about at the moment. It is fascinating, you know. I mean, this is a, this this world we live in is so mysterious and so well I, amazing. When we get Anne on, I mean, there's a great subject for the show. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll go that with, road with, with a you know a notable, I would I would say expert on the subject. I would think so too. Uh, you know, even in, in my book goes today. There's a there's a small blip in there on. I believe on a uh, airfield in uh, the UK where they they people in the area see all these World War II planes fly overhead, and it was an area that uh, there were a lot of crashes because you know uh, planes coming back from the, their their runs or and in bad shape. Sometimes they didn't make it and they they crashed getting to the airfield, and so I, I forget where that is. I, Unfortunately, but yeah, well, there are several. I mean, we've got lots of uh, airfield ghosts. Is something that you know, I've got several books about. Um, oh, you do, yeah. Well, you know, oh yeah, aviation is your, your one of your passions. Right. Yeah, I mean, we have a haunted bomber, um, and in mm-hmm. fact, I've done a talk on haunted uh, airfields. Uh, one, the Spirit Quest, but mm-hmm. the the story of ghostly airplanes. Um, you know, there are many. There are there are several dozen similar reports in the UK, um, you know, right up to almost the present day. People claim to see World War Two aircraft in the skies. Um, when when we do have some historic flight aircraft that are around, but they're not there at the time when people are reporting them. Some of them are clearly misperception. Oh um, my God. But nevertheless, I mean, the ghost Lancaster or the Lancaster bomber of um, Derbyshire uh, is is a common one that, that, you know, and quite a recent one. Mm-hmm. But the most recent sighting was was quite ha- was quite soundly debunked as being another four engined military aircraft that was in the area at the time. Oh, OK. You um, know, I, I just thought of something and and, and I we have you on the show. It's going to be a blast. But. You know, that could be the explanation for all these UFOs. Maybe they are time slips into the future. Well, it's interesting if you look at UFO phenomena. Um, if you look at it in the 1890s, people oh, were wow. talking ghost airships. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of oh, UFOs. Oh, we had those in, in the U.S., yeah. Well, that's what I was referring to. Um, yeah. A lot of UFO reports seem to predate aviation. So you had airships just before the airship uh, was, you know, commonly in the skies. Yeah. You had the the discs and the V-shaped flying uh, flying objects. It, just before we went to delta wing technology and jet technology, mm, um, and it may be that what you're seeing is either future military technology being tested, which is one suggestion, mm-hmm. or you're seeing slightly into what's coming next into the future. Mm. 
unfortunately, we've run out of time. So oh. we'll have, we have lots of questions to ask Ian once you come on the show. We do. I'm I'll get, I'll get to sort. Well, she's coming on in June, but we haven't fixed okay, the date. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, yeah, I says that, that'll give us a lot. Anyways, we got to wrap it up. Uh, I want to give a shout out to John, who is uh, a long, long, long time listener to the show. He's always here. And uh, if we had an award for the that, we would give it to him. Uh, he's also a member of the Dead Air Society uh, and Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon and helps support the show and, and bring it to you. So, uh, John, thank you for all you do for us. And uh, all our other Patreon uh, members as well. So anyways, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Steve Parson and uh, Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet Radio, uh, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, not the end over Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. That's a real shame because I was going to talk about the USS Salem. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.